Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor here at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on this week's episode by Lauren Anderson, also an associate editor at BizTimes Media. Joining uh, Lauren, having her on because she has the cover story in the latest, the September 27th issue of BizTimes Milwaukee. The headline on that is Financial Strains Threatened to Cripple UWM's Dual Ambitions. Uh, as the name suggests, it's a kind of a, a deep dive into the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and some of the challenges it's facing. The print subscribers should be getting their copies in the mail. Um, the story's up on our website, biztimes.com, and available to our BizTimes insiders there. Uh, before we dive into talking about the story, uh, just a reminder, if you're an insider, thank you so much for your support. And if you're not yet an insider, um, subscribing is easy to do, biztimes.com. You can subscribe there. It costs the equivalent of just $8 per month and supports our ability to do more great local journalism. Speaking of great local journalism, Lauren, uh, let's talk about this story and the deep dive you took on UWM. Where did the story idea come from? And, And tell us a little bit about what you found. Well, it was first prompted by a Wisconsin Policy Forum report that came out earlier this summer that examined UWM's um, challenges stacked up against other universities in the state in addition to its peers nationally. When you take a look at, um, they they took a look at 15 of its peer um, urban research institutions nationally and basically found that it's got some of the most serious financial challenges and uh, enrollment challenges compared to both of those groups. Um, And it attributes some of those things to um, state support lagging, an eight-year tuition freeze, and um, declining enrollment uh, over the past 10 years. When we talk about UWM, and we mentioned this in the headline, you know, the dual ambitions, oftentimes dual mission is kind of described for it. It's both a research institution and one that um, focuses on access to higher education. So, you know, those are kind of what's at stake for the university when we talk about these challenges. Why Why does this university have a dual mission? Why is it important? How did that all come about? What did your reporting um, turn up about that? Yeah, those two missions kind of go back to the founding of UWM in its current form. Um, back in 1956 is when UWM officially became UWM in the, in the in current iteration that we know it as. And it emerged out of a, a, a debate among, among politicians about the need for an urban university in the city or the state's economic center. Um, people argued if we're gonna be a great city, we need a great university and thus UWM was born. And um, being that Milwaukee has the challenges that it does uh, and, and disparities that it does, the idea of broad educational access to all residents, including people who are traditionally underserved by higher education has kind of been baked in from the start. And definitely um, that I think I would argue that mission has expanded in recent years as you know, those disparities come even more into light. Um, and then research is um, also been key from the start though we've seen uh, more of a, of a push, a great, a broader push to that um, under uh, former chancellor, two chancellors ago, Carlos Santiago in, in the mid to late 2000s. Um, and, and the big push there was for UWM to attain 
an R1, what's called an R1 research status. Um, that's a, a classification that's given out by um, the Carnegie um, uh, Association. And it's basically a stamp of approval saying you're the highest tier research institution. So that's been a, a major push and, and UWM uh, reached that classification in, in 2016 and so far has been able to maintain it. And that kind of dual mission also got crystallized kind of in the 90s, right? I think you had that in the story about as manufacturing kind of the, the decline of manufacturing started a little bit, those debates about, okay, what's the, the university's mission kind of reignited and, you know, should we be focused on helping students navigate this changing economy or should we be creating the change in the economy through research? And the, you know, leaders at the time kind of said, nope, we got to do both. Mm-hmm. Um to, to really, you know, be successful. Which leaves them with two pretty financially intensive missions to, to pull off. I mean, those, both of those things are, are, are cheap to, to accomplish. And so um, it's, it's kind of a tall order for UWM to deliver on. Uh, what else did your reporting turn up? Uh, mentioned the kind of the, the declining enrollment trends. Um, you know, that's a headline number. You know, uh, what what kind of is underneath that? What kind of trends are there in enrollment that uh, people might not know about? Yeah, it's worth stating that um, universities across the Midwest and in Wisconsin have generally seen a decline in enrollment in recent years. That's not unique to UWM. Um, Within that context, UWM has seen a a more steep decline. Um, So some of the things driving that um, so one trend you could you could point to is in the five county region of uh, Milwaukee region, in high school graduates have have declined um, in recent years. I think it's a drop in like two thousand students and from those uh, five counties in the past six years. But that doesn't you know obviously explain the the significant drop off that UWM has seen, and, and it's not the only reason. Um, so there's that. Uh, but notably, UWM has seen a um, decline in white students uh, in recent years. That's kind of one of the biggest things that's driving that, that drop. It's also seen a, a slight drop in, in black students. Um, but notably, it's actually seen a rise in students of color overall. And that's uh, driven primarily by Latino students. Um, I talked with Ricardo Diaz for this story, who's the former executive director of the United Community Center, which serves um, Hispanic residents. And and he was saying, if not for um, Hispanic students, UWM's, uh, you know, enrollment declines would be much, much more significant. So that's an interesting trend that's happening. So we've got the enrollment trends. Um, what other you know, factors are kind of leading to the financial challenges? You mentioned the, I think the tuition freeze, state funding. How's that, how are those things contributing to what UWM is up against? Yeah, so the tuition freeze has been in, in place for eight years. Um, that I mean, that sets a cap on, on uh, revenue uh, in, in some ways and, and the UW, UWM doesn't have a ton of other levers to, to push to, to make that up. Um, that tuition setting power is now in the hands of the Board of Regents and they have not indicated uh, a, any plans to um, raise prices. I, I did hear from UW, some UWM leaders that 
there's a possibility we could start seeing individual programs, the tuition for individual programs increase um, kind of incrementally over time, but that again has not, um, there's no immediate plans for that. So, so that's a challenge. Um, and then state funding is also, um, it's, it's actually risen slightly in recent years, but that is actually tied to the enrollment decline. So it's not really that good of news for UWM, but overall it hasn't kept up with inflation. Um, and so it, it's kind of a, a stagnant uh, funding source there. So what does this all kind of add up to in terms of, kind of UWM's future? Like what, are, they have these challenges. What does it mean, you know, on campus, day-to-day life, the experience for students, that kind of thing. What's kind of the outcome here for students and the region? Yeah, there's been, um, you know, the, the policy forum report highlights some ideas for no like official recommendations, but some ideas of, okay, here's how UWM can, can uh, deal with these challenges and, and, and make it out to the other side. Some of that is consolidation of programs and even possible cuts to, um, you know, low enrollment programs. But the UWM leaders say some of that's already happened. Um, it's kind of happening quietly behind the scenes that they're having to pair back or, or consolidate or combine programs. Um, so, you know, that's one potential impact. Um, that raises all sorts of, you know, philosophical questions in the higher ed space of, okay, if we don't, um, if we don't offer these programs, if we don't have a robust array of, uh, even underperforming programs, what does that do for the overall institution? So I think there are definitely conversations that can be had about that. Um, and as a, as a public Liberal, liberal arts university, you would want to see, you know, robust uh, programs across the board. As you talk to people, I mean, the path forward for UWM, um, do people, are we just, is the university just kind of, is it doomed? I mean, do people see a path <laughs> forward? Um, you know, there's a quote that you had from Chancellor Mark Money about like, we're in peril, um, which, you know, the chancellor of the second biggest university in the state saying we're in peril. Um, there's more to that quote, but that's a, that's a scary prospect. So what do people see for the path forward for UWM? Well, I think leaders would hope for the state <laughs> legislature to act and, and maybe, you know, change their funding formulas and, and uh, show greater support uh, financially for it. So that that is one thing and, and that remains to be seen. Um, also, you know, uh, lifting the, the tuition freeze would be, I'm sure, very helpful. Uh, so those are two potential things that are somewhat outside of UWM's hands. Um, you know, the, the policy forum report and other leaders that I spoke with said there's a big opportunity in, in students who are currently disconnected from the higher education sphere and, and um particularly students of color and, and um, low-income students and first-generation students, which is already a, a population, a demographic that UWM serves, but even expanding uh, access to, to more students, uh, helping students transition from high school to college and, and opening those doors uh, widely, I think is seen as, as part of that solution. The um, 
one thing that Mark Money was saying that he he really wanted to see in this latest state budget round was uh, UWM uh, getting funding to to start a promise program and promise programs are pretty much last dollar programs that um, once federal and state aids have been applied to a student's um, tuition, the, the university will make up that last dollar gap so that tuition is free to the student. Um, MHTC has done that program and it's, it's in recent years and it's been fairly successful from what I've heard. UW-Madison offers that program already. Milwaukee really wants to do it. Uh, Moni said that was his top request in the budget and it didn't make it. But he said if, if they did get a promise program in place, that could be a total game changer for the university, both from an access standpoint and just a, an enrollment boost. Um, because for a lot of uh, students, the, the financials are just the main impediment to going to college and it, it, uh, it's not doable for a lot of people. Um, and then of course you get into uh, that that leads to questions of retention too, because if a student doesn't have the financial means to make it through, they're probably working working as they you know go through college, and and that affects their ability to to stay in it and and make it to graduation, and so all these things kind of bleed one into the other. But that is that is one area that we'll we'll see if if you know I mean gets um, that that funding support for a promise program that that could be a big deal for them. Yeah. You mentioned UW-Madison and, you know, that's obviously an easy comparison to make for UWM, right? That UW-Madison is the flagship institution of the state system. UWM is the second biggest one. You go back to, like you said, the founding of or the the creation of UWM as UWM. It was to have a great university if we're going to be a great city. Um, You look at what Madison, how UW-Madison contributes to the economy in Dane County and all the growth in the startup scene and, and new businesses. So I think there's a desire that UWM could contribute in the same way here in the Milwaukee region. Is that a fair comparison to make that that UWM should be like UW-Madison or are these just two fundamentally you know, different schools um, that just aren't, aren't going to be on the same playing field and have different missions and are just going to be different no matter what happens. Yeah, it's sort of funny. Depending on the person I talked to for the story, I got a totally, uh, well, one of two kind of, <laughs> two answers here. Some people dismissed it altogether and said, uh, don't compare Milwaukee to Madison. That's just a dumb comparison. That they don't, <laughs> It's not fair. They're just different. Other people said, yeah, we should aspire to be more like a Madison. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if I can make that call, whether it's fair or not. Um, but there are, you know, there are, there are differences that you could highlight. One is that state support for Madison to Milwaukee. It's, you know, been well-documented for a long time that the state gives a lot more money to allocates a lot more money to Madison than to Milwaukee. Now you could, you, you should factor in the fact that there's a med school on Madison's campus, there's a hospital system, so it's a more expensive campus to run. But um, you know that's that's been something that UWM leaders and, and Milwaukee leaders have drawn attention to for for a while now. Um, in terms of its impact on the region, um, I you know I, I spoke with John Torinas. Uh, he is on the UWM Research Foundation board. And he argued that 
So UWM is several years now into its efforts to uh, to catalyze startup and innovation activity and in research in in the Milwaukee region. And he was arguing that really that's that's been going on for about 20 years now. And relative to a Madison, that's a very, there's still very much in the early days of those efforts and it takes time to, to get traction there. Um, you could look at the fact that they went from one patent to like a hundred, over a hundred, um, I don't have the, the number, but maybe over 140 or so um, today in, in 20 years, which is, and, and UWM spun out 15 startups uh, in, in that time as well. So you see some progress there, but it's definitely not, you know, you drive through Madison and you see the mark of UW, UW Madison everywhere you go um, pretty much. And, and I don't know if the same argue, argument could be made for UWM. Though I will say, I think there's a lot of things that people might not recognize as collaborations that UWM is a part of with the, the region's uh, biggest corporations. They happen somewhat quietly. And um, I don't know if they make quite as big of a splash as Madison does. So uh, I, I think it's an interesting debate. I don't know if I have a, a clear answer on it though. Yeah, I don't know if there's, and maybe there isn't a clear answer and everyone, you can have your own opinion on whether you should compare to, aspire to, you know, you think about the startup world. I mean, that's a hit and miss world. So, you know, even spinning out 15 companies, how many of them succeed? It right. takes time versus, you know, the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation has decades of, of history behind it in terms of, you know, commercializing the research that happens at UW-Madison. So it's a, a long way to go to, to get there, but, uh, you know, keep all things in mind. I think, People should read the story. And there are some interesting quotes there at the end from Gail Klappa, who's, you know, the executive chairman of WEC Energy Group and co-chairs M7. And, you know, kind of his views on the importance of UWM to the region, I think, were might have been telling um, for what it means for the business community. Right. And, you know, it, it, it it's worth mentioning that when making a comparison to Madison, the number of out-of-state students that Madison serves is significant. And whereas a Milwaukee serves uh, primarily people from this region and 70% of them stay in the Milwaukee region once they graduate. So the number of UWM grads who are part of the workforce and driving the economy in a lot of ways um, is, is pretty significant. So again, it's sort of a quiet, steady eddy <laughs> sort of machine there, um, but but it's significant and, and you're at the Gail Klappa and, and some other business leaders in the story uh, talk about the, the impact that UW, UWM grads have on the economy. So, Well, I hope everyone uh, picks up a copy of BizTimes Milwaukee or checks out Lauren's story at biztimes.com. Again, if you're not an insider already, subscribing is easy and supports our work. So Lauren, thanks for joining me to talk a bit more about your story. Thanks for having me.